Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. I'm Mike Dahl, and with me today is a very special guest, Rob Strickland. Thanks for being on the podcast today, Rob. How are you? I'm doing great today. Excellent. Good, good. So, Rob, the point of our time together today is for Gresham Bible Church to get to know you more. So many at GBC have known you for a long time. Some don't. And so the end of our conversation, I hope people get to know you more and are encouraged by how the gospel has worked in and through your life. So first, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? What should we know about you? Okay, well, I was born in Portland, and I won't tell you what year because that would give away my age. Um, I was fortunate and blessed to be uh, the third child in a Christian home, and my parents were awesome. They became Christians um, later in life, too. My mom grew up as a Christian, but they both kind of had a kind of resurgence and a, and a, um, just a reawakening with Jesus early in their life. So I was a recipient of a home that was like that. Um, and grew up, you know, with a lot of church and going to Sunday school. And I would say that I knew a lot about God when I left for college to kind of strike out on my own. Mm. But I'd, I'd say I didn't know God very well. Um, so my, my testimony kind of involves just what God did to get a hold of my life and my attention. Um, I'd say the biggest uh, thing that happened during that time was a realization that, um, you know, Jesus wants all of me. He doesn't want parts. He, and I tended to compartmentalize my life. And so there were certain things that were off limits to God that I kind of protected for myself. Um, and he really got a hold of me by ripping those things from my life. So the, the biggest thing was a relationship that I hadn't really uh, thought that God should be a part of that. I, I kind of held on to that myself. And um, he graciously and mercifully uh, yanked that away. And of course, that was a hard time. But um, it was it was realizing that God would be there with me through all of that. And it completely changed my idea about relationships in general. Instead of being me focused and, you know, how can this meet my needs? It, it became you know, more like Jesus's love for us. So, um, yeah, that was that was a big change in allowing me to um, start to to have a personal relationship with God myself and not not go on uh, my parents' faith. Yeah. How about on the family side of things? You're married. Yes. How long have you and Linda been married? How do you guys meet? Yes. Okay. Well, 42 years um, this year, and we um, met on a blind date, if you can imagine. And that was before internet. So if you can imagine without internet, blind dates only occurred because somebody had, you know, you in mind and put two people together. So a friend of mine did that for us, and uh, we went out to a bowling date. And I will say that I must have been inspired because I bowled the highest score I've ever bowled before <laughs> or since. It was 206, and I've never come wow. even close to that. So I think it was just the inspiration of meeting Linda and realizing what a fine person she was. So you impressed her with your awesome bowling skills. I guess. So I think what really impressed her was that I, she says this, I helped her pick out a bowling ball and somehow that was like a really big deal for her. And, and, and kinda, love was born. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, that's awesome. And how long have you been married? 42 years. Wow. Okay. St. Patrick's Day, 1979. 
Oh, awesome. And how many kids, grandkids? We have three kids. Um, they're all grown now and uh, out of the house um, producing grandchildren for us. So by the way, that is the investment payoff for you young <laughs> families who are like going, wow, this is, this is quite a commitment I made. Well, it is. And um, the payoff really does come when you get to start doting on your grandkids. I oh, love it. So yeah. We have seven grandchildren, and they're all in the area. We get to see them frequently. It's, wow. it's awesome. Oh, very cool. And how long have you been at Gresham Bible Church? I was trying to calculate that because I don't have an exact date. Um, we, we were kind of like sideliners when we first came for quite a while. Um, we had left um, a church situation that that left some some wounds and scars, I guess, and we were a little bit a uh, little bit slow in recommitting. So, we came because we enjoyed the preaching and the teaching here so much. And um, I'd say it's about eleven years when we really fully committed ourselves and became members. Yeah, and I'm blessed to serve on the elder team with you. You've been a blessing to my family and I. Um, how long have you been an elder at Gresham Bible Church? Okay, so I was an elder for a period of six years, and then we went through that, kind of like Anthony's rolling off right now after six mm-hmm. years. So I rolled off, and then I've just been back for um, almost a year. Coming up this early summer will be another year, so um, six and plus, almost seven. Yeah, you've been a blessing to Gresham Bible Church as an elder. Um, so Rob, what's one thing Gresham Bible Church should know about you, that maybe someone's just getting to know you, or maybe someone's known known you a long time, what's one thing they should know about you and or maybe you and Linda as a couple? Yeah, thanks for asking. That was probably the hardest question that you gave me because <laughs> I view myself as really not that interesting of a person. I, oh, I that kinda, is so you know. far from true. <laughs> so um, Linda helped me with this. Um, early on in our marriage, well, probably very early on within the first year, she was really hankering for a kitten. And I'm not a big cat person, um, sorry to say for you cat lovers, but um, I, I had to be convinced that a cat would be, you know, a good thing for our young family. So um, in kind of a moment of uh, probably flippancy, I'll say, I, with Linda, we prayed. And I said something like, God, if you really want us to have a cat, could you make it a male gray tiger kitty and have the kitty find us okay and then so i your fleece moment yeah i said amen and kind of had this sort of you know uh smoochy look on my face that linda you know recognized as flippancy so um literally two days later the doorbell rang and we answered the door and there was a, a teenage girl there standing there with a cat oh my goodness made to order just like uber or doordash i mean this cat just appeared on our doorstep and she said is this yours and linda grabs the cat and lifts the tail up and found out it was a male tiger kitty which we asked for (laughs) and she said yes i guess it is and so (laughs) there we got our first cat so the lesson for me was you know god has a sense of humor for one thing, mm-hmm. um, but he also cares about the little stuff in our lives, and we shouldn't just pray flippantly. We should come to him, you know, knowing that he's listening and he cares, and 
and uh, he'll answer our prayers in the ways that suit him. But it was it was an eye opener for me. Oh, I love that story. I've known you for a long time. I've never heard that before. That is an awesome story. Yeah. Wow. And then you're like, why did I pray that specific <laughs> exactly. for that cat? Yeah. Exactly. So if you're not going to bring it up, I will. Okay. Tell us about cinnamon rolls, Rob. You are a cinnamon roll Jedi master. How long have you been making cinnamon rolls? When did you first learn to make them? What's your favorite style now? I feel like this is a really important okay, conversation. Okay, this is an important question, yeah. yeah. So um, I learned to make cinnamon rolls my freshman year of college because my mom didn't come to college with me. And I had been dining on cinnamon rolls ever since I was a little kid. <laughs> and so I had a little space in my dorm room that I could roll out the cinnamon rolls and of course an oven kind of a shared oven I had to carefully plan when those rolls would go into the oven because if I did it the wrong time I wouldn't get any cinnamon rolls the smell would permeate the whole building and so um, yeah that was that was when I began and uh, I wouldn't say I make them very often because I shouldn't Um, they're hard on my (laughs) diet and my waistline um, but yeah, I've got a, a tried and true recipe that is always good. And then I've got the, I need a cinnamon roll now recipe that gives me kind of quick access to that fix. I love it. I love it. Um, you are a man of many talents, including cinnamon rolls. So, okay, great. So when we have people on the podcast, we want Gresham Bible Church to get to know each other, right? We're members of one another and thinking through, I, ministers to me, and I hope it ministers to our church with this podcast on life together when we hear God's work in each other's life. And what comes to mind is Romans 1.16, where not to be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. And that power of God portion of the verse, for me, has just become like background noise. I'm just used to it. But then when you really think about it and reflect on it, wait, the, pa- the gospel is the power of God. So I want to spend a few minutes asking you some questions, just hearing what does that look like in your life? How has the gospel been the power of God in Rob Strickland's life? And I think that'll be a blessing and encouragement uh, to our church family. Yeah, thank you. Um, So the gospel to me has just been continually unfolding. And Mm -hmm. I would say when I first began to grasp the concept that the gospel mattered and could actually be a source of power in my life, was in college when when again my faith sort of became my own and you know just to just to think about what Jesus has done for us his his love for us his sacrifice on the cross for us the forgiveness that he extends to us the grace that's constantly coming our way the answered prayer for you know little things and big things um, I look back on that now and and I don't know how I could have navigated my life without learning that and thank god it it happened fairly early in my life for me Mm -hmm. so i constantly find myself reflecting and rejoicing on that and then married life um you know i am amazed that there are some people who don't know christ who have long healthy marriages Um, at least they appear to because to me um, the gospel is the power that allows two people with very different interests and backgrounds and the selfishness that we all bring in our lives uh, to any relationship. Um, it would be impossible. Um, my uh, marriage to Linda is, is a beautiful thing, and I, I lay that completely at the Lord's feet for his mm-hmm. grace and mercy. 
Um, and it's a, it's a continuing thing of, you know, how to, how to apply that gospel because there's a never-ending flow of challenges that come our way. Yeah, I love that when you said applied that gospel. So the gospel is yeah. not just about us. It's something objective and true. Some people have said it's like the p- gospel proper, then it doesn't just sit out there in space. God That's applies right. it into our life, into every nook and cranny, and it's ongoing and it's beautiful. Right. Yeah, That's all the right. power of it. Yeah. yeah. How about uh, in your work life, Rob? So maybe tell us briefly, you know, what you did for work, for how long, how did you see the gospel intersect with your day-to-day life and your career and your work? I think that's an area that sometimes can be glossed over, but that we all need to press into together as a church family to hear what that looks like. I think that'll really um, strengthen some people when they hear this to hear you uh, talk about that. Yeah. So my work life um, probably followed a very similar track that I hear a lot of guys share about their work. Um, in, In my case, like many, when you start a career, you don't really know anything. You know, maybe you're out of college, you know the book learning part of that, you know the academics, but you don't really know how to do your job well. And I found myself in that place. I was a therapist, an occupational therapist when I graduated. And it took me, I would say, about 10 years to kind of fall into a sweet spot that I feel like God prepared the way for me and opened doors for me. And I had to learn a lot of hard lessons along the way that um, there are times when you, you just go to work, you don't feel like it, you don't want to, it's Monday morning, and you just want the weekend to continue. You know, you know that place that mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Most, most men have experienced that. Um, and fortunately, God t- took me through a number of, of changes in my life um, where he did open the doors that, that totally changed uh, my career path. So I can, I can thank him for that. Um, I can also thank him for the, the learning that took place during those hard years when I didn't want to go to work, and I, and I went because I knew it was um, what I needed to do to provide for my family. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that, you know, God expected me to represent him well at work. And so to establish a career that was based on, you know, loving and loving kindness towards other people and graciousness and respect and, you know, all the hard stuff that people experience at work where you, you know, there's somebody that annoys you and you really want to lash out at them and you want to put them in their place. Well, God Mm -hmm. protected me from doing that many times and was grateful for um for his guidance in that area. So I finished my career as an ergonomic specialist. I kind of morphed from an occupational therapist into that. And that was the career that gave me the most pleasure and satisfaction. And again, it was one of those things where I sort of fell into opportunities that were open to me. It wasn't a plan that I set out to accomplish. It was more like after some hard jobs, realizing that I needed to give this area of my life to God as well and let him shepherd that, let him direct that. And when I let go of my self-driven initiating of things and let God sort of take his time in developing that, mm-hmm. I realized uh, what, a, what a beautiful gift he gave to me. So much wisdom in that, that you can look back and see God's goodness and faithfulness to you in that in the moment where maybe it's hard to see yeah how about when you look back and reflect i know it's probably hard to pick just maybe one instance or one season but is there anything that comes to mind 
in your life, in your walk with the Lord, where you were really keenly aware of God's faithfulness to you? Maybe in the moment or shortly thereafter, just in the story of your life, is there a time that you could share with us? When have you been most aware of God's faithfulness to you? Yeah, great question. I I think that probably like most people, I would have to say that trials were the times. So mm-hmm. it's, it's probably not just one. I can probably count off, you know, a, a dozen times in my life when trials came that um, really put me on my knees, uh, made me aware of my insufficiency to accomplish what needed to be done um, or to direct my own path. And so the very first episode of that, I would say, was early married life. Um, Linda and I had been married for a little over a year, and she became pregnant with our first uh, child. And um, we went through the full course of you know, preparing for her and uh, expecting, you know, great things to come just before Christmas that year. And um, we ended up losing um, that child, Karen, we named her. And um, it was unexpected completely. Uh, Kind of all happened traumatically in the moment when we were in the birthing suite. And um, so that was the biggest shock, the, the earliest shock in my life that I can remember where I was completely uh, flabbergasted. I didn't know where to go, what to do with that. And Linda and I each process this in different ways. We, we talk about that often. Um, but in my um, heart, um, I was completely devastated. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was a time when I really needed to grapple with God and ask him what he intended for me. And and now, of course, looking back after 40 years um, of this, I can see all kinds of ways that God used that to mold and shape me and Linda and our marriage and our and our uh, valuing of children mm-hmm. and um, just uh, f- seeing each child as a blessing from God. So there mm-hmm. are many other ways I could speak of, but yeah, that was the first one. Since then, a number of trials, I won't go into all of them, but they've certainly each served to remind me of my dependence on Jesus and uh, how much I needed him. Mm -hmm. And so for that, I'm thankful. It's also taught me to not fear trials as much because it used to be when I was, you know, coming from my background, I wasn't really prepared for how to deal with that. Um, I would see each trial as just a problem to get through, at period. Just, just figure this out, get through it so that I can get on with life again. Now, not so much. I still hate trials like anybody else. <laughs> but um, when, when they come, I, I'm looking for how God is intending to use that in my life. Wow. The other time that I'm can keenly aware, which I'm grateful now, is he's developed in me more of a sense of... Um, Finding his presence, not in the trials, but in, in the blessings. So the gratefulness of, to, to God for what he's done. Um, so the, you know, the Colossians 2 passage talks about abounding in thanksgiving. Um, and the reminder that we can find God not only in the trials when we need him, but in the times when we're just sitting back and remembering what he's done for us Amen. and feeling that gratefulness, just soaking that in and, and um, expressing our gratefulness to God. Oh, I love that. Yes. So if you could, Rob, I'd so appreciate what you're sharing right now. If you had a time machine and you could go back in time and meet with younger Rob, 
what counsel would you give? And I'm saying that with kind of the backdrop of we're consistently through the power of the gospel being formed more and more into the image of Christ. He who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. That's right. So how would you come alongside younger Rob on the journey, point him to kingdom to come and say, hey, keep your eye out for this, or I've learned this along the way. What, yeah. what would you say? Well, I would sum it up in two phrases. One is fear God, and the other one is fear nothing else. Mm. And fearing God, of course, is all over the Bible. Um, we're told to do that. And in Proverbs uh, 1, we're told that fear, fearing God is the beginning of knowledge. Um, and, you know, places where we're told that, you know, we shouldn't fear man because all he can do is kill us. Uh, but God can, you know, has, has control and domain over our souls. Mm -hmm. um, also learning that God is faithful so that I don't have to fear other things nearly as much because I've seen him build a confidence in me that he's got this, that um, he's going to get me through this. So I won't say that fear has been eradicated from my life. Certainly that's not the case, but I don't fear fear as much. Mm. I, I can look at it and go, okay, this is going to pass, and um, I'm going to get through this with God's grace and power. Amen. That's beautiful. I think younger Rob would do well to hear that. I know yes. uh, yeah. I'm benefiting from that right now. If yeah. you have a time machine, I'll gladly go back and tell him. <laughs> That's great. Would your time machine have a cinnamon roll in it? Uh, probably. Yes. Yeah, yeah like the DeLorean with the cinnamon essential roll. Essential nutrients. Yes. yes. Oh, a time machine fueled on cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. That's great. Um, how about, Rob, looking out over Gresham Bible Church, we, there's no way to say otherwise. If you're newer to GBC, you're going to look around and be like, wow, there's a lot of younger people around here, a lot of kids. So what counsel would you give those with, you know, who are parents still with kids at home? You and Linda have been through a lot. You've learned a lot. Just what's some counsel you would give parents at Gresham Bible Church? Yeah, so um, I would say that... Um, looking at the importance of the body of Christ is really something that God has taught me in the late, my later years. I don't believe I understood that when I was a younger father and parent of kids. Um, I would say that all those passages that talk about one anothering, so Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, which both talk about being one body in Christ, many members, many gifts. And um, I'm going to take a little biblical license here in saying that I don't think those lists of gifts are exhaustive. Mm -hmm. I don't think they like cover absolutely every gift that a person might bring to the table. So I wouldn't try to necessarily plug yourself into a gift. I mean, maybe you do, and maybe that's you know your sweet spot. But I would say that, you know, Jesus described a body, his body, that requires everybody's input um, in every way. And he's uniquely designed and wired each one of us for certain things that nobody else can do as well. And mm -hmm. so we just need to explore that, exercise gifts. And for me, it was pulling me out of my introvert shyness that I used to live in um, as a younger adult. Um, I would look at people who had charismatic personalities, and they would be up front, and they would be accomplishing all kinds of visible things. 
And I knew that wasn't me. So I just mm-hmm. sort of relegated myself to a, sort of the back bench and was willing to, to just play a very limited role. And um, since coming to GBC, I believe just being in this you know, smaller church environment where everybody is transparent and honest with one another or striving to be, um, God called me out on that. And he just said, you know, you, you need to be a guy that can stand up and help somebody else feel comfortable that's maybe feeling like you've felt all of these years. So I'm still an introvert. That's not going to be something that will ever change. But I found so much joy in just serving God and his body by being a friendly face and, and you know, sincerely wanting to get to know people at a, at a deeper level. So I don't, I don't know if that's my gift, but it's certainly an area that um, God has helped me to exercise. And, and I would encourage each person to to seek ways to um, be a part of the body like that. And not, not necessarily even in an official role, like I'm a greeter or I'm a this or I'm a that. But, yeah. but just, you know, hey, I'm sitting next to a guy in the chair. Well, eventually we'll be able to say this. <laughs> sitting next to a guy in, in the chair and it looks like he's having a hard time. Maybe I should ask him, you know, how he's doing and can I pray with him? You know, simple things like that. I love that. There's so much to chew on and to reflect on and just, just looking at you across the table here as we're recording this, you became most fully yourself as you leaned into that. You're still who God wired you to be, but you're using that for the sake of God's body, for his church, for your brothers and sisters in Christ, rather than just about yourself. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How about, Rob, what are some helpful habits that you found with God's word? So I, I always like to ask that question of people, not just on a podcast recording, but when you're hanging out with a fellow believer, because we want to be believers who are founded on God's Word. It's Gresham Bible Church. So we believe God's Word is that, God's Word, written for our instruction. You know, Jesus prays in John 17, sanctify them in your truth. Your Word is truth. So what are some just habits for you that you found to be life-giving as you, you know, sit under God's word, feed on God's word, have community around God's word? And I'm not talking about like life hacks or tips, and it can look different for different people, but I just always love hearing what does that look like for you? What are some helpful habits for you with God's word? Yeah. For me, uh, learning to feed on the Bible on my own has been revolutionary. Um, I was lazy with scripture for much of my adult life. And um, even though I knew that reading the Bible, you know, personally and spending time with God in that way was important, I failed so many times at plans and programs that I, you know, laid on myself. Um, I I think it was in the early days of Gresham Bible when you know, the Bible itself became apparently so important to this local body, and this was sort of our our foundation of everything that we did. I really became more convicted at at the importance of that, and so I was one of the early guys that jumped on the Bible read-through train, and I started doing that. Linda did also, my wife, and um, we we would read um, the Bible according to whatever plan was in vogue Mm -hmm. that particular year. And that kind of got me over that hump of, of uh, attempts and failures and attempts and failures. And since then, I would say that 
for me, it's been important to to just have a plan of some sort, and it's been different every year. I, I discovered that I couldn't just do the same thing each year because it, it seemed daunting. On January 1st, here I'm going to start again. Oh, I just can't do the same thing. Yeah. So I've, I've really mixed it up a lot. Um, I've found that some years I've uh, given myself permission to grab the study Bible and make sure that I didn't read a passage and avoid anything that I had a question about. I would jump in and read the study notes, and I would kind of make more time. So that slowed me down, and maybe it was a two-year study plan that particular time. But um, yeah, to find different ways to approach it so that it, it kind of nourishes me in a different way has been real helpful. Um, the, the whole idea of our wisdom beginning with God's Word has has been very important to me. And I'm actually reading a book um, for, by uh, Brett McCracken on the Wisdom mm-hmm. Pyramid, and it, it talks about that, and very helpful. So, um, yeah, just to soak in God's Word on a daily basis has completely changed me. Mm-hmm. How about to kind of land that plane a little bit? So what does that look like in your life recently? Is there a certain verse or passage that's just been, you know, really important to you or life-giving or maybe has lovingly rebuked you lately? How is God's Word living inside of your heart recently? Is there a verse or passage you could share with us? Yeah, there, there's a couple come to my mind. One one I'll speak about just briefly, but it's really important is Romans 12, 2, where mm. it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I add to that the renovation of my heart is another book title that I've read. So, mm. so changing how I think about things, but also changing me and my attitudes and my emotions and my, um, my will towards God. Um, that has been a, a kind of a quest that I'd say the last decade of my year of my life has been fairly an important theme, which is just that God begins a work in us and He intends mm-hmm. to complete it, and and I want to partner with them in in that. So um, that verse has been important, and then another verse, um, Colossians uh, chapter one, verses nine through fourteen, is just a beautiful passage about all of the. Um, blessings that we receive in Christ, and I believe we appropriate those blessings by actually knowing what those are by spending time in His Word. So, yeah, you know, just just to kind of paraphrase a few things from that section, filled with the knowledge of God's will. How many of us wouldn't love to have that happening in our life daily? Spiritual wisdom and understanding, walking in a manner that's pleasing to God, uh, being strengthened with all power. We've talked about that through the gospel already. Uh, Endurance and patience with joy. I mean, these are obviously, Mm -hmm. some of them are fruits of the Spirit that we read about as well, but but just that whole passage, um, I actually knew it by heart at one point, but now I have to go back and brush up <laughs> so I could quote it to you. But, but yeah, that's just a beautiful section that, that reminds us of, of the inheritance that we have in Christ. Um, we're delivered from darkness. We're transferred to, this, to the kingdom of the Son, and uh, we have redemption and forgiveness in Christ. So that, those are verses that I can't um, know too much and you know, appropriate for myself. Yeah, amen, amen. So Rob, you're an elder, which thinking biblically, that means you're a pastor, you're Pastor Rob, you're an overseer, a spiritual shepherd. So I wanted to ask you, is there anything that you'd want to share with Gresham Bible Church? You know, there's a Life Together podcast, there's a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, GBCers are the ones who are going to be listening to this. Is there anything you'd like to share with us 
as an elder right now? Yeah, sure. So I, th- I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is that um, I'd like to demystify the office of an elder mm. or the person who's filling that role. Um, and this comes from my own background of when I served in a church or was a part of a church. And to me, the elders were like in a completely different category for me. They were up there, you know, seated right below Jesus. Um, They, you know, in some ways, because of that, in my own mind and heart, they were sort of untouchable, like, you know, I can't really relate to them. Um, Or I, you know, feel inadequate being in their presence, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I want to just tell you that, you know, I, as serving as an elder, see myself as just an ordinary sheep. I'm just part of the flock. Um, and as, as I was asked to become an elder, I questioned the, you know, the, the intelligence of that, of that <laughs> request, like, why are they asking me? Um, and to some extent, I'm still working out what God intends to do with me in this role. Um, I do remember um, in prayer talking to God and asking him to just use me. And I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I was going to mm-hmm. leave that in his hands. And um, I, I feel like that was a really good step for me to, to not come in thinking that I had it figured out what I was going to do, how I was going to perform this role. But um, yeah, I am humbled by just the, uh, the thought of what this role entails shepherding the flock of God in this local church. And I want to tell people that I'm no different than anybody else. I've come with the same baggage. I've had the same doubts in my life. I've failed in all the same ways that people fail in time, in terms of walking with God and following hard after him. Um, so um, I hope that, you know, anything that I say might be just an encouragement to people to know that um, we're all walking the same path together. And I receive as much from the, the conversations that I enjoy with people in the body um, in terms of building up my faith as I would hope to impart to somebody else. Mm. I love you, brother. That is awesome. Demystifying the office of elder. That's yeah. Amen. We want the podcast life together to be, we get to know each other as fellow members of Gresham Bible Church, the one another's, but none of us are the hero. Jesus is the hero. And I love just how you shared that. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, good to have you today and you've made me crave a cinnamon roll. So thanks for the conversation. All yeah. right. Thanks, Mike. All right. So thanks for joining us together on Life Together. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback or something maybe you'd even like to hear discussed on a future episode. And again, you can reach out to me uh, to do that at mike at org. So thanks for joining us together on Life Together. Until next week.